and welcome to Fire and Water Presents in the sixth episode of Where Does He Get Those Wonderful Toys, or Those Wonderful Toys for short. I'm your host, Chris Franklin. Normally, we cover a toy from my collection on this show, but today we're mixing it up. We're going to talk about some toys in the collection of my pal and co-host for today's show, Fire and Water co-founder, Rob Kelly. Hey, Rob. Hey, Chris. Thank you for having me back on the show. As I've said to you before, I love the wonderful toy shows, and I'm really happy to be on. Rob, it's great to have you back. Plus, I mean, Rob and I did the Superman glasses episode, so you're like, you're not only the first guest star, you're also the second guest star. (laughs) (laughs) So being a network co-founder, you know, that... It has its privileges, it right? It does. It absolutely does, yes. I get uh, 10% off of uh, any Arthur Treacher restaurant. It's not, not terribly handy, but once in a while. But yes, it does come with some privileges being one of the founders of the network. <laughs> Lots of fish and chips, huh? No. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Not for you, no. Uh, <laughs> so, so what are we going to talk about today, Rob? Uh, well, we are here to talk about the MASH action figure line from the TV series. Now, I'm sure most people listening to this... When they hear about that there was a MASH action figure line, their response is, uh, what? Uh, but uh, there was a, uh, a briefly running action figure line based on the MASH TV show in 1982. But we'll get into all the details uh, shortly, but that's what we're here to talk about. Right. So b- before we head to the 4077th, it being Sunday... We have to thank our sponsor, In Stock Trades. So what do you have for us today from In Stock Trades, Rob? Well, okay. I mean, obviously, we're here to talk about toys, and we're here to talk about MASH, and neither one of those things is covered in any form over on In Stock Trades. But I did my best to find a book that I thought was sort of thematically similar, and that is a hardcover from Fandagraphics called Bomb Run and Other Stories, illustrated by John Severin. The team of Harvey Kurtzman and John Severin was one of the most fruitful collaborations in the history of comics. The work they did combines the taut emotional and psychological insights of Stephen Crane with the verisimilitude so gritty that it seems as if they are reporting from the scene. Together with inker and friend Will Elder, whose own obsession for detail perfectly heightened the impact of every line, they produced 34 war stories, emotionally draining and dramatically eloquent, in just under three years. This book collects them all. Settings include the Roman Empire, the Revolutionary War, the American Indian Wars, the Alamo, the Civil War, World War I, in the trenches and in the air, World War II in the Pacific and in Europe, including the D-Day invasion, and of course, the Korean War. Uh, the normal price is $29.99. In-stock trades price is $20.99. That's 30% off. This is probably like an ideal comic for someone who maybe doesn't really read comics, but they're into history. Because, uh, as it mentions, Kurtzman, Elder, Severin, these guys were sticklers for detail. They made serious war comics. And I'm a big fan of all of those guys, especially John Severin. And so this looks like a really cool collection of war stories. So Bomb Run and other stories illustrated by John Severin. $20.99. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I love John Severin, too. Yeah, and those guys, I mean, yeah, those are those are like true war comics. I mean, yeah, <laughs> they're not, they're not uh, you know, superheroized in, in any way. So, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, I actually, I have a in-stock trade picked. I picked G.I. Joe, The Best of Larry Hama hardcover by IDW. It collects many of the original uh, issues from the Marvel run of G.I. Joe, which debuted when this MASH toy line hit the shelves in 1982, nice. the same year. Nice time. Yeah, in the same year, G.I. Joe, a real American hero, 
toy line debuted, which I'm sure was no coincidence, and we'll probably get into that, I'm, I'm sure. And it, the, the description on In Stock Trades is, since 1982, Larry Hama has been chronicling the comic book adventures of G.I. Joe, influencing every aspect of the property. This collection of stories spanning the length of Hama's career truly represents the best of Larry Hama and includes G.I. Joe, Real American Heroes issues number 21, 24, 26, 34, 63, 85, 86, 91, 104, and G.I. Joe Special Missions number 17. The original retail price on this hardcover was $50. In stock trades price is $35. You save 30%. And tying it in even more, Larry Hama was also on an episode of MASH, That's right? That's right, he was. A season five episode. I've interviewed him. I interviewed him about it for my MASH blog. Yes, he was generous enough to do a little interview with me about the episode he did called The Korean Surgeon. Yes, so... So I thought that's 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 perfect. <laughs> so, that's, a, that's a great tie-in, Chris. I didn't even think about that. That's wonderful. That's that's fantastic. So you know, he got he was on the show. Then he helped develop the toy line that inspired the production of these mash figures, somewhat, I guess. So we'll get into that. But so there, so there you go. <laughs> Remember that In Stock Trades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 45% off with the free shipping for orders of $50 or more. So for these and all your other trade paperback needs, visit InStockTrades.com, and we thank them for their support. Rob, so give us a rundown on this toy line. Where was the MASH show at in 1982 when these toys came out? Well, yeah, depending on what time in 1982 you want to talk about, the show is either ending its 10th season or heading into its 11th and final season. And MASH in its final couple of years was at the height of its popularity. It was consistently the number two or number three or number four rated show in all of television, which is pretty amazing considering most shows in their 11th season are not uh, at their height of their popularity. But MASH just kind of... People sort of caught up to MASH. Not that it wasn't popular. It was popular from the second season on. But it, it, it waxed and waned over the course of different years and cast changes. But for whatever reason, uh, in the 80s, people really jumped onto it. And in the final couple seasons, it was a dynamo. And so I guess in 1982, uh, the manufacturer of this action figure line, which is TriStar international limited which has nothing to do with the uh, movie studio tristar there's no oh, connection okay. yeah the, 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 tristar international was a toy manufacturer dating back to the 60s they were never a big name obviously because nobody's ever heard of them really uh, you know they're not they're no hasbro or kenner or whatever um but they they got the license and i have to think that this was similar to some of the weird licenses that migo did around this mm-hmm. time, like Romigo had Love Boat action figures, <laughs> and they, they they had a proposed Dallas action figure line. It's like yes. you look at those and you go, why would any kid want to play with Love Boat action figures? What's he supposed to do with these things? And I, I get the feeling that, you know, TriStar International probably went to 20th Century Fox and said, we want, to, we want the MASH license for action figures. And I bet 20th Century Fox was like, Really? All right, let's, let's give it to them. You know, I mean, we're not going to do anything with it. So they probably got the license for pennies on the dollar, thinking that I guess the Mash brand would be so strong that it would make a profit. But I, I mean, there is no information on these figures at all. I've done, I did a bunch of research. I looked at it. I could not find anything on the history of these things, of how they got started, of, of anything. So a lot of this is just sort of guesswork. But. The fact that um, there were no commercials, like there's no toy commercials anywhere for them, 
I get the sense, you know, these were made, they manufactured them, they were probably instant flops, and then they disappeared. Because then, as we'll get to it, they repurposed them in other ways, which suggests that they had a lot of uh, unused stock lying around. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I was, if I knew of this line back in 1982, 83, I don't remember it. Now, yeah, me neither, no. That's possible that I, I really wasn't just I was not into military toys as a kid until uh, the GI Joe cartoon came on. So that you know, like about a year after the toy line started, which was in 1982 and 83, that first cartoon miniseries came on and it it caught me. You know, they they got me. It worked uh, <laughs> because because then I went out and bought a bunch of GI Joe figures. But so I would have probably bypassed these, even though I watched Mash on TV. I probably still would have bypass them because yeah i mean i i don't it, it there's a strange disconnect with the show being a a, a comedy or i mean i know it's a, 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 a in a lot of ways a what you would call a dramedy nowadays but but you know action figure still doesn't quite you know fit in with the subject matter other than it's a military toy, you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, these, these characters are actively pacifists. It's, right, it's completely yeah. at odds with what you're supposed to do with action figures, which is hit them against each other. As a, as superhero and comic book fans, it's like it's like the character of Dove from Hawkeye. Yeah, Dove. right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this guy a superhero? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you go against the whole thing of punching people. You know. It's yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, yeah. I mean, I was certainly never aware of these toys, and I wouldn't have bought them at the time, even though I watched watched Mash. I wouldn't have bought them even if I had. Because what are you supposed to do with them? Like, what? Like, there's no villain. There's not even like you know the closest Mash ever got to a villain was like a Frank Burns, and there's no Frank Burns even in this line. So what are you supposed to do? And it's like, it's it's a very very bizarre uh, choice of action figure line. It's just it's just a complete head scratcher. But yet they persevered and they did a whole you know they they went all out as well as far as they could really. But you know this is they did the whole cast, which we'll get to momentarily. Uh, yeah, that's I was going to ask you about so. Uh, take us through the action figure line. Who who makes up the line of figures? Okay, well, first we have to start, of course, with the main character, which is Hawkeye. Uh, and these are all three and three-fourths uh, figures, by the way, we should mention. They're basically standard Star Wars size. Uh, and the, the packaging for all of them is the same. It features this little shot of the whole cast in front of the, um, the signposts, you know, telling people, you know, how far they were away from home. There's a little bit of a bubble uh, on the on the left hand side of the card with a dog tag with the character's name. So you've got Hawkeye, who looks reasonably like Alan Alda. He has kind of Alan Alda's smile, the kind of big wide grin. The detailing on these figures is not particularly great. Um, the faces don't have any really paint on them, other than just some brief, you know, a little bit of dots here and there. So it's a, it's a reasonable facsimile of of Alan Alda as Hawkeye. He's in his fatigues. Um, they didn't give him like his Hawaiian shirt or anything like that. I mean, of course, because this is a body that they're going to repurpose for most of the figures uh, here. So that's that's you know, it starts off with Hawkeye. We have mm-hmm. BJ. BJ is probably the closest in terms of the likeness. Uh, you can see that the, they got Mike Farrell's mustache there and the, the hair color. So and he's getting he's in his short sleeves, which is a, it's a little bit similar to the show. So this is of all of these probably the closest to the likeness of, of to the actor. We have uh, Colonel Potter, of course, and he's got his cap on, so he's got a different head. He's got his glasses. We have uh, Hot Lips, uh, which is funny because the show had long since stopped calling Margaret Hot Lips. 
they called her Margaret by this point because Hot Lips was always meant in a derogatory sense, and that was when she was more of an oppositional uh, character on the show. But the, you know, by the time the tenth season rolled around, she was one of the gang. So I'm not sure why she's called Hot Lips here on the uh, here on the uh, the figure. But what we're we gonna do? You've got right. you've got Winchester. Uh, he is his body type is probably the other than Margaret's of course because there's this female. His is probably the most different because they give him a lab coat. He actually has a white lab coat to distinguish him a little bit from the rest of the other characters. You've got Father Mulcahy. He comes with a stall and a little cross around his neck. Probably the only action figure to have a crucifix around his neck. Oh. Uh, he's got a he has his white hat on, uh, which again they had to come up with a different head sculpt. And then you've got and this one is this is the real bizarre one. You've got Two versions of Klinger, of course, played by Jamie Farr. You've got the regular Klinger figure, and he's got his cap, and he's got the same basically body type as Hawkeye. And then you've got Klinger in drag, <laughs> which is is confounding for several reasons. Because, again, much like the Margaret figure, he stopped doing the drag Section 8 bit like three seasons ago. Once, <laughs> once Radar O'Reilly's character was shipped out, and they made Klinger, the, corp- the uh, company clerk, he stopped trying to get out of the army. So why they would do a figure of him in drag, this is completely perplexing. Not to mention the fact there's an action figure meant for children in drag. Like, how weird is that? <laughs> on top of that, he's in an outfit that he never wore on the show. He's in this pink kind of, like, frock thing, which, which required, like, a specific sculpt. Uh, and so that, that one is, and there's no indication that it's, it just says clinger on it. Like the, the, the card gives no information that this is like an alt figure or anything like that. But nevertheless, those are the two clingers. And if you try and find these on eBay, uh, that one of course is the one that's the most expensive to find is the one in drag because it's just so strange. Uh, and then the, um, the one other figure that they released, which is kind of an all purpose figure is just your generic Corman. Now, he was sold on cards labeled Hawkeye, which is again smacks of Mego in their late eighties, where they just didn't really give a shit anymore about right, you know, the right, stakes. Yeah. He's got Frank and Frank and Aquaman. Yeah, yeah Frank yeah. and Aquaman. Yeah, he's got blonde hair, uh, so he doesn't really look like anybody in particular. I call him Goldman, which is a reference to the uh, repeating character on Mash that was always sort of in the background. But oh, uh, right. yeah, so I mean, and he was a figure that came with the vehicles because there were vehicles in this line. There was a Mash chopper which is actually pretty cool. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks just like the chopper you saw on the, uh, you know, the opening credits of the show and you saw on the show. There's a Jeep, a MASH Jeep, which I do have. That's the one I have. And then a MASH ambulance, which has the big red cross inside. And each figure, each um, vehicle came with a, as I'm calling it, Goldman uh, action figure. And then he said you could buy them separately carded. So they did have, altogether, they had... Uh, you know, eight different characters, nine different figures. If you want to catch count the uh, Klinger finger twice, but that's that was the basic line of these things. And it, again, they're just they're they're just bizarre. They just <laughs> they're they're dull figures. You're not know what you're supposed to do with any of them. Uh, and I think an indication of that they didn't sell very well is because we all know about in like with action figures, like when you know when you see that they start repackaging them in like those multi packs you know that's the indication that the figures aren't selling because right, they're, right. they're putting them in a box and they're cutting the price. There were multi-packs of MASH action figures, and I actually have a picture of one of them 
uh, on my Aftermash uh, site, and we'll have them here on the website on fireandwaterpodcast.com in the gallery post for, for this episode. They did sell multi-packs, and I have a picture of one multi-pack which features BJ, Colonel Potter, Winchester, and Klinger all together. I have to assume there's another multi-pack with... Uh, Mulcahy, Winchester, Hawkeye, maybe the other Klinger or something. But I think that tells you that this this line was pretty much dead on arrival. Right. I mean, sometimes if they have a gift set, it's because the line's really popular and it's another way for people to get the figures that they missed. But if it's a line like this that lasted one year, yeah, it's probably remaindered stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say you're right. I, I, just, I just had this thought because the last show I did was the Remco Universal Monsters Father Mulcahy he could make trouble for Dracula. Uh, <laughs> he, does, he does look a little like Edward Van Sloan. I do. It's, it's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at these figures. Um, uh, the first time I ever saw these figures was um, I have a, a, a book that's now like 25 years old, which is real depressing. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Tomart's uh, uh, Guide to Action Figure Collectibles, which Tomart's uh, was an action figure magazine that I used to get. Uh, and this is a hardcover book that's supposed to have like every action figure ever made. And it, it comes really close. I mean, it really does. And, and it opened my eyes to a whole lot of toys I'd never heard of before. And, and it's got some pretty good, nice pictures of the figures, but they're, it's in black and white for the most part, but I'm looking online. I'm looking at your pictures. I'm looking at other, uh, searches and stuff that have some close-ups of the figures and the, you know, the likenesses for the time are, are, are pretty good and, 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 uh, comparable to what Mego did, to what, Kenner was doing what Hasbro was doing, and, but like you said, even everybody back then was using really limited paint apps yeah. uh, on these figures. You know, a lot of the Mego figures, th- th- their hair's colored at, at the three and three fourths figures. Their hair's colored, and not even their eyebrows or their eyes are even colored in. So these actually look nicer than a lot of the figures that were made by bigger companies uh, back then. So it's kind of I'm, I'm kind of like really digging these things. I mean. It's, <laughs> Because they actually, I mean, they look enough like, it's almost like they're from a MASH, a lost MASH cartoon, uh, you know, yeah, yes. like an animated series of MASH that, that where they got the likenesses pretty close, you know, like all those god awful, like the Fonzie cartoon and Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy that was on Saturday morning, you know, back in the, at this time in the eighties. Uh, that's what it reminds me of. It's like there's a there was a MASH cartoon, and this is the action figure line from it. <laughs> oh, I would love that if there had been a MASH cartoon show. Have you ever – not to get off topic, have, but have you ever heard of Mush? Have you ever heard of that? You know what that is? I have heard of it, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Mush, Mush was an animated series about sled dogs, and for some reason all the characters are based off of MASH characters. Oh, my gosh. There's like, there's like Colonel Flake – and like they all have like names, and they're it's like cold lips, and like they're all it's it lasted like five episodes. It's the most you can see the opening credits for it on YouTube. It's the most bizarre thing in the world because you're like, what child was supposed to get this? Like what? Why? Why would you do this? So so yeah, I could see you. I never made that connection, but you're right. There were so many, presumably kind of. I mean, you know, Happy Days were meant for families, but I mean, Gilligan's Planet, they were doing so many TV series turned into cartoons that I could have seen some bizarre idea that, yeah, let's do a MASH animated series. And yes, this would have been the toy line for that. Of course, eventually, if they, had they done a MASH animated series, eventually they would have had like a magical character show up. It would have been like an Orko or a, a Gleek. They would have had some, you know, disparate element that doesn't fit in at all. But but nevertheless, right. yeah, I, I can see that. I, that's, I never made that connection, but it, you're entirely right. 
Well, you know, and I know MASH was hugely popular, and, and most people are, are of course, aware of it even today, obviously. It's still in reruns, and, and you know, and of course it's like, you know, obviously you've stated, and it's it's just fact that it had like the, the final episode had the greatest ratings in TV history. Yes. But, but you know, if some kid didn't know MASH and they found that clinger and drag figure. Oh, my God, be bewildered. They'd be bewildered. They would. It didn't say clinger in disguise. It didn't. You know. It just. It, I just. I saw the figure on your site. It just says clinger in his dog tag, and yep. they just popped the popped the the figure either in his fatigues or the drag, and popped him in that bubble. And it's <laughs> what's, what's what's weird too is if you look on the back of the package for the Jeep, which I have, it lists the mash action figures that you can get in the line, and the picture, the clinger that it pictures is the one in drag. So presumably the other one is the alt figure. It's the the one in drag is the quote unquote regular one, which is even more just completely like what? And they did do a um a mail away offer because of course all these toy lines at the time had mail away offers with approval oh, purchases. Sure. But this this thing you got a patch, which is like boring, you know? Yeah. I mean, like come on, give me something. Like you know if if we're gonna if you're gonna bother to do a mash line like. Let me do a mail away figure so I can get my Sydney Friedman or my Trapper John or like you know give me give you know, do a deep cut here give me something to play with and literally a, a patch is just too dull for words even more um, strange again is like if you look at the logo for the show uh, for for the line which is of course just the Mash TV show logo now not to get too far into the weeds and maybe I'll do this in fact I'm sure I will do this when I eventually do my Mash podcast but the Mash opening credits had two distinct sections, uh, eras. The first five years feature a particular shot of the choppers at a kind of almost three-quarter angle as they kind of go from the front to the back of the screen. And then from Mm -hmm. season six to 11, the choppers are much further away and they're basically just going from left to right. It's a kind of a duller image. This, the image they use here is the image from the first couple of years of the show. So again, it's an older image. So I don't know whether 20th Century Fox just did. I mean, again, we've talked about this. Um, we talked about this on the, uh, the 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 Superman movie glasses episode, and you've talked about it on, on, on other episodes of the series, where it's like you know, toy lines licensors, you know, started putting together these big merchandising books for mm-hmm. their licensors. I am sure 20th Century Fox had none of this stuff because <laughs> why not. would they think? You know, there was a bizarre explosion of mash merchandise in this in the 80s i guess because the show was just so popular but it was you know more for adult products there was like beverage glasses and t-shirts and stuff like that but so i'm sure 20th century fox just didn't have any of this stuff ready when they needed it from this company they must have been like well, we don't have why, why would we have mash merchandise stock art <laughs> lying around why would we have that <laughs> we don't have you know uh, Jack Davis caricatures of the the actors, you know, to yeah, put on exactly. the package or whatever. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have any of this stuff ready. So, yeah, it's very, very weird. Now, the one story I do have about these action figures that I, that I absolutely need to tell is many, oh, not many, I guess, but about six or eight years ago, I went to a New York Comic Con, and it, one of the guests was Loretta Sweat, who, of course, oh. played, played Hot Lips Hulahan. And I was so excited because I was never, I've never been in the room with somebody from MASH. And it was like, you know, wow, Hot Lips is there. And I, I went up to her and, and um, I, 
I, we, I, there's a whole longer story on the Matchbox, and I won't get into the whole details of it, but basically, uh, I was really kind of scared to go up to her and talk to her, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to make an ass of myself, and then I was like, no, 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 go and do it, you got to talk to her, and she could not have been nicer, she was oh. so sweet, and um, she, we, we talked about politics, She's, you know, like she, she immediately sort of sensed. She, she made a joke about politics, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." And I, she appreciated the joke, and we got into that. She's a vegetarian, like me, which is amazing. And I actually brought my Hot Lips action figure uh, for her to sign, and I gave it to her. And she's like, she's like, she's like, "Do you think this looks like me?" And I said, "No, I don't think it does." And she goes, "No, I don't think so either." And I said, "Did you ever see any money from these?" She's like, "Nope, not a dime." So she's, but she signed my card. So my Hot Lips action figure is signed to Rob from Loretta Sweat. It oh is, my gosh! It is my prized possession. It is oh, my wow. number one prized possession. I have the photo with her. She took, she put her arm around me. Um, I ended up, um, I, I went, I left after I had this really great experience with her. I went away and I did some other stuff at the show. And then near the end of the show. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just stop in and just say hi to her one more time before I leave. And then she asked me, she's like, do you know, she goes, did you live around here? And I said, uh, no, I, but you know, I said, I've spent a lot of time in New York. So, I mean, do you need something? And she said, well, she goes, I want to get some, some lunch, but all the food in here is garbage. And of course, you know, you're, you've been at conventions. All the food in there is always garbage. Yeah. It's French fries yes. and pizza and you know, whatever. And she's like, I want to get some vegetarian food. And she goes, I want to flag somebody down from the convention hall to go get me food. And I said, I'll get it for you. And she was like, really? I said, yeah, I'd be happy to do it. So she, she wrote out on the back of a business card what she wanted. She was like, oh, I want like a salad and this and that and an iced tea. And I went on a lunch run <laughs> for Loretta Smith. <laughs> and I remember I called – uh, Darlin' Tracy from my cell phone because I was like, I have to tell somebody I'm doing this in case I get hit by a truck and no one will believe me. I gotta tell you, I'm on a lunch run for Margaret Houlihan. And I ended up getting her food. I brought it back and she was like, oh, how much was it? And I said, no, no, no. It's on me. It's on me. And she's like, oh, you're so sweet or whatever. And so she could not have been there. So it is the best experience I've ever had with a celebrity. And it was even, it's just so perfect that it was with somebody from MASH. Oh, I, wow. I got to tell her how much the show meant to me, how much it still means to me, how much it formed my personality. She could not have been nicer. It was the best celebrity experience I ever had. And so that action figure I have, it's it's sitting next to me as I'm as I'm recording this. It is like my number one fandom item. That's the thing you grab if the house is on fire, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's it's irreplaceable. You can get the rest of these figures on eBay for cheap. But you can't replace that one. So, yeah, if there's ever a fire, once I get the dog and the cat out of the house, I'm going back for Margaret Holland. Right. Yeah, I don't blame you. That is awesome. Wow. I'm that You blew my mind. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I feel so fortunate that I got a chance to meet even one of the cast members and get to tell them that uh, how much the show meant to me. That That's just – that just it's, it was like that's exactly the experience you want to have with somebody who means a lot to you when you're growing up. You, you know, you, oh, you yeah. hope to have that kind of experience. So it was super cool. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, don't, I, I almost hesitate to even ask you because we didn't talk about the play set. There's a play set, right? Well, that we got to uh, get to. That is the most – that is the most bizarre toy in a, in a whole line of bizarre toys. There is a MASH military base play set. It un- it's a it's it's got like a tarp that you unfold. It when you unfold it, it, it goes up to sixteen square feet. <laughs> I don't know where you're supposed to play with this thing. 
because who has 16 feet? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But, but you unfold it, and it's basically the entire 4077 camp. And it comes with all the tents and all the buildings. And it comes with – and I love this is one of the features that they think really is going to get you here. It comes with the latrine with a removable roof. Oh, boy. <laughs> Color me excited. I get to pull the roof off of the latrine. But, I mean, it comes with, like, the, the OR. It comes with Potter's tent. It comes with the helipad. It comes with the mess tent. I mean, it, it does. It, it has all the stuff, and it's like this. It's this giant box, and you can find it on eBay. It's really expensive. It, it's over sixty pieces. So I imagine finding it complete is really, really difficult. I never. I, I've never seen this thing in the wild. I've never seen it at a toy convention or like a comic convention because I imagine it was probably a giant flop. Even yeah. more than the regular figures. But you can find it on eBay once in a while. You still can find it. And you can see, uh, you know, it, it comes with a photo of the of the base. And there's a kid playing with the chopper. And, like, so I guess if you're a MASH fan, like, this is the toy to have. Because this is, like, the fo- – this would be like having, like, the Fortress of Solitude. With, right. like, a full-on when it unfolds and everything else. It's 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 amazing that, that, that they produce such a, a deluxe toy set. Well, it, look, I'm looking at the picture. Uh, it's probably from eBay, but it's on, uh, you know, Googled it. And and it shows it, it looks like a scaled up version of one of those army like uh, camp sets that you would get yep. for little army men that are yep. like you know an inch and a half high or whatever they yep. are. But it's like it's like scaled up because it's for three and three fourth inch action figures, yep. and it's like it's really impressive. And it's like you're right. I mean, you're entering USS Flag territory here with the, yeah. the amount of space it's going to take. Yeah. Where, where, where am I supposed to play with this? I mean, I know I have my reputation as Richie Rich, but our house wasn't that big. I wouldn't have had any space. Even if I had gotten this, I wouldn't have had any place to put it. I mean, yeah. I mean, it. it this is one of those toys that if I ever become like a millionaire – I'll buy this for myself just so I can own it because I have, like I said, I have all the action figures and I have the Jeep. I would love to own this thing because it's just such a weird toy, you know. Yeah. Again, and you know, it's funny is that it doesn't come with any action figures, and there's like, you know, it comes with a bed for wounded. Well, there's no wounded. There's no wounded action figures. So what are you supposed to do? I guess get a bunch of Goldmans and just leave them in there. I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to to do with this thing. But yeah, it's a. Very, very strange toy set, but you know, I guess it's this thing. A lot of work went into this thing. I mean, it doesn't really. It's not situated like the camp. Uh, it's basically just all the buildings at, at the four corners. But you know, let's not quibble here. It's for right. Lord's sakes. It's the four seven seven as a toy. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it it makes me think when you said that. It's like you know, maybe if they had come out with you know some wounded figures and and played in even more to the the medical side of it. I mean, because obviously there's no, you know, there's no, they don't come with guns because obviously they're a medical unit and everything. And they're, like you said, they're pacifists. So they kind of, it's kind of odd. That's another thing that's just odd about it. But yeah, it's even if this set came with at least one like bandaged up patient, you know, it would have made a lot more sense, but it's impressive. I mean, the, the vehicles look authentic to the period and, uh, I, I, I mean, they were really, really well done. And I got to say, for years, ever since I saw that helicopter, 
I desperately wanted to get one and customize it into the 1966 back because <laughs> it looks just like it. You and can, I have seen people do that. So You can dangle <laughs> Batman over a tub and have the shark jump after him and stuff like that. That's, yeah, that's, I, I'm guessing what you could do with this is that you would buy this and then you would buy the Sergeant Rock line of action figures, which came out around mm. the same time, and they could be your wounded. And in fact, you could really just cross universes where Rock and Easy Company, of course, they're World War II, but Rock and Easy Company get wounded and they get taken to the 477 because they were all to scale. So you could right. you could intermingle Sergeant Rock and MASH figures and I guess you could, you know, have an afternoon of playing war as hell. Right. Well, and, and, and the funny thing is is uh, Rimco repurposed the monster play set from the Remco line, the shell of it. I forgot to mention that on the episode, but somebody mentioned it in the comments, and I can't remember who it was, and I apologize uh, off the top of my head. But they, they took the shell of that play set and made like a bombed-out building for the Sergeant Rock figures. And it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's got like a foxhole in front of it so you could like position your figures, you know, like, you know. it's a, So, yeah, you could, you could even mix that in with this, you know. It, it, it'd be cool. So, yeah, I, I got to think, though, I mean, do you think that G.I. Joe, like, coming back in this size at this time influenced these figures at all, or do you think it was a coincidence? I would have to think that since G.I. Joe was such a big hit that, it, yeah, it must have on some level. Uh, it, right. it, it, it is funny that they said that MASH, because, I mean, G.I. Joe, just the whole notion of what G.I. Joe was about is completely antithetical to MASH, because G.I. Joe was <laughs> all about guns and shooting and blowing people up and you know uh, i think it on the on the on the cover to judge number one it, it says america's weapon of democracy or arsenal of democracy or some nonsense like that and you yeah. know this is like just kids are not going to be able to do anything with this there's just nothing to be done with these figures so i this was this was long before this stuff was done for as collectibles so i don't believe this this toy line was aimed at Adults, you know, like for adults, right. I, I really think it was just a misinformed toy line. It was just, you know, they were like, "Hey, we can get this license cheap. Let's see if we can make a couple of bucks." And I bet they didn't. I bet it's that it's it. it you really could pair this up with, as I mentioned, the Mego Love Boat figures, and if they had ever actually produced them, the Dallas ones or the Greatest American Hero ones of just. Yeah, this was the, the TV shows were so massively popular in the seventies and eighties that. You could, I guess, attempt a toy line based on just the TV show, even if the TV show wasn't necessarily for children. I mean, Miko had Walton's action figures. What the hell are you supposed to do with them? Let's relive the Depression. I mean, well, that's exciting. I mean, the, yeah. you, you mentioned the, the final episode of MASH. The final episode of MASH got a 77 share, oh which gosh. means of, the, of all the people watching television that night, 77% was watching that episode. It got, a, I think it was something like, and 125 million people watched it. You're never going to reproduce that number again, ever. So no. that's how massively no. popular TV shows were. So I guess toy lines were kind of a natural extension of that. Even though from 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 the the distance of time, we look back and go, why why would you why would you make this? Well, there's things like at the same time, like Mego. The last hit Mego had was the Dukes of Hazard line. Now that. I, I was a kid. I had those toys. That made sense because it was an action-oriented show. Right, it was about car, driving yeah. the cars, jumping. You could, you know, you could jump the toy car over stuff. And although they didn't make a car for the eight-inch figures, which made absolutely no sense, but the three and three-fourth figures had. There was a cop car. There was a General Lee, of course, and all that. And so, you know, that made that made perfect sense. That was a, you know, that was a, like I said, an action-oriented show. A few years before, when they made Starsky and Hutch, that made sense, you know, but. 
Yeah, it, it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, they just they made TV, like you said, it was so big, and everybody had that in common, you know, because there were only three channels. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. really were only three channels, so everybody watched the same TV shows. I mean, you had two other choices besides what you were watching, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there was a commonality that's just not there anymore. So. Everybody knew what MASH was. Everybody knew who Hawkeye was and who Hot Lips and BJ were and everything. So, I mean, it, 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 in a way, I understand it. But, yeah, they didn't, they didn't think deeper into, okay, how do they play this? Which, yeah. you know, I, I don't – you know, how do kids play with this? Do you mingle it in with your G.I. Joes? Do you – you know, I can't see Hawkeye and Snake Eyes sharing the same <laughs> no, environment. You know? <laughs> not particularly, no. <laughs> but speaking of which, before – as we as we kind of wind down here, what what's your what's your favorite figure or item in the line overall? What do you think? What's the best best one? Uh, I mean, I really, I, part of me says it's got to be the the clinger and drag because it's just so weird. <laughs> um, but I would say probably the best figure of the bunch is is BJ just because it looks the most like him. I mean, they all are as you said, they're all reasonable facsimiles, but I, I think the BJ one is is closest and he was always my favorite character on the show. So I guess I, you know, I think it's probably the, the qualitatively the best one, but again, my, my, my heart goes to that clinger and drag because you're just, you just shake your head. I'm like, why, why, why did they make this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. True. So, so, and I can see that with the, the BJ cause the mustache, I mean, yeah. it looks like Mike Farrell just shrunk, shrunk down the, you know, plus you can use him as your Paul Kent to your Superman anime. Exactly, figure, right, so they... <laughs> exactly, yeah. He serves a lot of purposes. <laughs> okay, so what about uh, the worst figure? What do you think's the the dud of the line? Probably the worst-looking one is Winchester just because the body type is, other than the, um, the, the, the white lab coat they gave him, the body type is virtually the same. And, of course, Winchester, the, the actor, David Ogden Steers, who, of course, has a comic book connection, uh, mm-hmm. Played, played uh, the Martian Manhunter, improbably on the JLA pilot in 1997. Yes. He was a, he was he's a heavy set guy. He always was, and they, they they you know used to make fun of him on the you know they made fun of the character and stuff like that. And his body type is virtually the same as the rest of the characters. So you know it's like you're you're going to bother to do it, but they didn't really bother to come up with like a different sculpt, which is kind of too bad because you know it might have been a little bit better if they had gone the extra mile but again i can't blame them they they all the heads look pretty decent and the, the, as you mentioned the detailing isn't too bad you know but uh the, the you know they're none of them are particularly great but i guess winchester's probably the weakest of the bunch right i, I give them points just looking at them of, of not having not held them in my hand i don't think i've ever actually even seen any of these in the wild at a toy show or anything but but just looking at them online, I can see what you're talking about. I give them points for the the white coat just to mix things up. But yeah, his, he they didn't do like Migo did with Boss Hog and give him a little right. fat body, you <laughs> exactly. know. And of course, he's not short, but you know the little pot belly or whatever, right. you know. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I really had a blast talking about these because it's just it's and I and I mean, of course, I know it's it's near and dear to you, and this is just on your road to a mash podcast, which everybody knows is going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just your, it's your, it's your destiny raw to do this mash is. podcast. I think it is. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But it's, it's, I mean, this is, I mean, it's, it's such a neat little time capsule of like, because yeah, like you said, it's at the height of the popularity. It's right before the show. Uh, it's pretty much right before the show goes off. And 
it's the characters toward the end of the show. I mean, they didn't get a series two, so they didn't go back and do Trapper John and, you know, Frank Burns and Henry Blake and all those characters. I mean, they didn't radar. They didn't, you know, and they could have, I guess, if they, because I mean, if I remember right, MASH was already in syndication before it even went off the air. It was in rerun. Oh yeah. You know, like, I mean, most shows are nowadays too, that last that long. They're in reruns before they even end. And, and uh, so, you know, they, they could have very well have added characters from previous seasons had it, had it been a hit, but, you know, I, I think, I think too, in this era right here, you know, this is as Migo is literally dying. The company's going bankrupt, and Migo really was the the TV. The, they were the licensed toy company. They bought up every license except Star Wars, famously. Except, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, and you know, they put out every single movie that and TV show that came around, and for a while there, and. And this was we're we're getting toward the end of this era where there's an action figure line for pretty much every every popular TV show that even somewhat a- appealed to kids. And uh, so this is this is kind of uh, you know we're, we're winding down in in that, in that respect too. So it's uh, it's kind of a lost little bit, like you said. This would be if they did them now, and I'm almost kind of surprised they haven't done them now as a collector series. Of figures, you know. Yeah, it, it, it would be aimed at right. It would be aimed at people like me that are just like want to own this bizarre, you know, weird thing. I mean, now that they have action figures for every weird property that's out there, and every like, fun. I mean, there would be Mash Funko Pop figures if the Mash oh, sure. was still sort of an active thing, but it isn't. It's kind of it's just sort of dormant. But but yeah, it's a yeah, it's a weird, it's a bizarre. I'm I'm, I'm kind of amazed that these weren't done by Mego. Because Migo was just gobbling up every license, so it seems strange to me that the Migo didn't grab this one. But mm-hmm. uh, but the you no, know, so TriStar Limited, whoever the hell they are. I mean, I, I talked about that these things were probably remaindered, and I think another indication of that is a lot of the figures that I bought off of eBay have um, price stickers on them, and they have the they have uh, some name of some store I don't recognize, and they're like sixty nine cents. 79 cents, 59 cents. And, you know, the action figures were not that cheap even in 1982, so I think that tells you that, yeah, they were already marked down pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of surprised uh, that when Funko was doing all of those reaction figures a few years back, and they did every freaking license in three and three-fourths size to try and tried to make them look retro, and in some cases, they just look bad. I hate to be that way, but they, some of them just look bad. I'm surprised they didn't do MASH. I mean, because they did every freaking license possible that had any nostalgia back in, you know, the 80s and the 70s and and uh, early 90s even. And they, you know, they didn't uh, they didn't cover MASH, which is surprising. But it, it as far as finding the, the clearance stickers, that's kind of sad, you know. But yeah, even yeah. – even the great toy lines, you know, ended up in the clearance aisle. Even superpowers ended up That's in the true. clearance aisle. That's true. Oh, the Mego World's Greatest Superhero line was remaindered at one of my local stores. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It happens yeah. to them all. It happens to the best of them. So, yeah. uh, well, this was a lot of fun, Rob. I really, I really enjoyed taking a deep dive into something that I was kind of, you know, I, I really hadn't given this a whole lot of thought other than thinking it was kind of neat that they made them. And, it, but, it, but it is a... It's a neat line, and I'm glad we talked about it. And and uh, and your story about your uh, uh, Margaret figure is just awesome. That's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate you letting me hijack your show for this topic because yeah, this is this is probably something I would have gotten 
two on the Mash podcast whenever I do that. But I mean, I Lord knows when that's ever even going to happen or whatever down the line. So I'm glad we had a chance to get to it now. And so I love this wonderful toy show. I wish we did more toy talk across the network. I just think it's that stuff's fun to listen to. So I appreciate you, uh, you, um, you know, humoring me for this topic. <laughs> anytime, anytime. If you want to talk about, you know, if uh, Gutierrez wants to talk about summer school action figures, you know, come on, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think they made those, but Shoot, I could beach be house playset. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, Misfits of Science action figures with shag. I don't know. That's prob- that's not that's not as unlikely as Mash figures. And so I don't know. No, if that show had lasted, they would have made action yeah, figures. Somebody Galoob or somebody yeah. probably would have made action. <laughs> yeah, would have been yeah, one of those guys. One of those toy companies that was big then but disappeared. You know, probably yeah, them. Yeah. Absolutely. So where where can people find you, Rob? Like as if they don't know, but you know. Well, of course, <laughs> if you go to findwaterpodcast.com and you just randomly point towards a show. Uh, odds are I'll be at least a host or a co-host, so I got all my shows on there over at firemotorpodcast.com. <laughs> and if you want to find your Aftermash blog, where can they find that? Uh, we'll have the link in the show notes, but it's just aftermash.blogspot.com. I don't really update it anymore because after I did the show and I covered the toys, I, every once in a while some piece of pop culture will show up where it's you know something mash related and i'll post that or something i'll discover something like uh just slightly off topic i i I was listening to an episode of a podcast about star trek the next generation and they got to the episode that david ogden steers was on and they pointed out that in a close-up of uh one of the control panels that geordie's operating you could see a code number on the deck that says 4077 and yes. so, uh, I, yeah, I, I never knew that. And so I took a screenshot of that and I put it up on the blog. So once in a while, I'll find something new to, to post. But uh, for the most part, it's just kind of uh, it's it's a done deal. The only reason I knew that was because it's actually in his entry in the Star Trek encyclopedia, at least the <laughs> version I got, like from the mid 90s. So, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay, well, thanks, Rob, for stopping by. That's that's two guest spots for you on this show. So, yes. you know, could you, will you come back for a trifecta? I'm, I'm sure you will. Uh, Absolutely. Will it be before anybody else is on here? I don't know. But <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm calling the shot now. Yes, yes, it will be. Okay, okay. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. And remember, please put away your toys when you're done, okay? Attention all personnel, the war is over. MASH is going home next. You call me a taxi, I'll be on my way. Share their touching goodbyes and their new beginnings. I'll never forget you. MASH, the end of an era, a two and a half hour special. I miss you. The laughs and tears, the final farewells next. That is all.